Hello again, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Profound Pickleball Podcast. I'm Stephen Ron, your host, and tonight's topic will be rule changes. Now, these are official rule changes that will be enacted. Uh, about a month or so ago, I did a podcast on proposed changes with my thoughts on some of the proposed changes. Well, now we've got all of the ones that actually will be implemented for 2022. Now, I'm going to be reading um, some these rule changes from a post made by Dick Osman, who is the who is a uh, pickleball certified referee from Charlotte, and this was posted on several uh, Facebook groups. Um, so I'll just kind of read, tell you what's here, and offer my thoughts on them as well. Okay, first change, or actually a, a non-change, I guess, um, but still somewhat of a change. The drop serve. The drop serve will be retained as written in the 2021 rulebook, but they will remove the provisional status. Remember, it was a provisional rule for 2021, the drop serve. Well, now they've dropped provisional from the drop serve rule. Um, so it looks like going forward, that will be a standard rule, uh, which I'm okay with that, especially for beginners. Um, there was some talk about adding restrictions to the drop serve like with the regular traditional serve you know about upward motion have to hit it below the waist etc etc but they did not add any of those restrictions so you can still once you drop the ball hit it within any kind of spin you want or whatever so the drop serve will continue and it will no longer be provisional that's not a surprise for me um, at all and again I'm perfectly okay with that now here's one of the ones that got a lot a lot of uh, talk over the past uh, few months they have outlawed the chainsaw serve. You may no longer use a combination of your paddle, paddle hand, or non-paddle hand to impart spin on the ball, okay? So you can spin it just with your non-paddle hand, which I've seen a lot of people do. Uh, Shay Underwood does that very well. I think Morgan uh, Evans, I think, is the professional name, professional name who does that. But you cannot use both hands to do the spin, you cannot use the paddle to impart the spin, okay? As part of the rule, or actually the proposed rule, the verbiage is, the server shall use only their one hand to release the ball to perform the serve. The server's release of the ball must be visible to the referee and the receiver. In matches without a referee, the server's release of the ball must be visible to the receiver. A replay shall be called before the return of serve if the release of the ball is not visible. So you can't turn your back to your opponent and toss it and hit it as you're spinning around is what they're trying to get away from. Uh, let's see. A replay shall be called before the return of serve if the release is not visible. So you won't. it won't be a fault if you do that, but uh, it will be a replay. An exception. A player who doesn't have the use of their non-paddle hand may use only their paddle hand to release the ball to perform the serve or use only their paddle to toss and drop the ball to perform the serve. Uh, the COVID serve, allowing the player to carry the ball on the paddle during the serve is eliminated with the exception as noted in the other one for people who don't have use of a non-paddle hand. Okay, so bottom line, no more chainsaw serve, but you can spin the ball only using your non-paddle hand if you want to impart some spin on the ball, but you can't use both hands to impart the spin nor can you use the paddle to help impart the spin. Okay, moving along. And by the way, I wish they had not messed with it at all. I think personally that the chainsaw spin serves are innovative. 
My personal opinion is that, oh well, they did it. So I never hit the chainsaw serve, so it's not going to affect me really. But I do not. I don't like the idea of stifling the innovation here. Okay, so moving along, uh, rally scoring was rejected, and there was much rejoicing from many of you out there. I will shed a tear because I was hoping that rally scoring would not necessarily be approved for all use and replace the traditional scoring, but I was hoping it would be an optional scoring system. So uh, rally scoring was rejected for now. It may come back again, so only tr the traditional scoring will be permitted. Some of you, most of you are probably happy about that, but I'm not. I really like rally scoring. Okay, uh, now here's, here's kind of an odd one, I thought, but it is what it is. Wrong score called. There's a new rule about this. If you call this, if you're, let's say I'm the server, and I call the score, you know, uh, 631, but it's really 632, here's what's going to happen going forward. The new rule says if the server or referee calls the wrong score, once the serve is made, play should continue until the end of the rally and the correction made before the next serve. So what a lot of us know happens is the server hits the serve or says the score incorrectly, and then maybe like right after they say the score, like they'll say 6-3-1, boom, they serve. Well, sometimes the opponent would say, no, 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 it's 6-3-2, or that's not right, while the ball is in the air. Those comments should be ignored going forward, and you should not stop the rally. So once the serve has been hit, you can't stop the rally to address a score issue. That would be a fault on whoever stops the rally. Okay. Now, I'm a little bit conflicted on this one here, because to me it should be that if the score is wrong, I would prefer to correct it right away, rather than wait till the end of the rally, because sometimes rallies go pretty long, okay, and you may forget what the deal is. I would prefer to have the rally be able to be stopped within the first couple of shots, okay? But I understand what they're getting at here. They don't want people to, you know, maybe try a weird shot and then complain about the score was wrong and want to replay it. So, so going forward, when this rule becomes in, in effect, once the serve has been hit... You shouldn't comment on any more about the score during the point, or rally, excuse me. Play the rally out, and once the rally is over, then correct the score. Okay, so that's a bit of a change, but my guess is that in informal rec play, people will probably still correct the score and stop the rally anyway, but technically you shouldn't do that anymore. Like in a tournament, that would be a fault, you know, definitely. You'd be called for that. Okay, and again, I... I don't really like the rule, but I understand what they're trying to do. I see the point behind it. I just don't think it's really that necessary, but okay, they're doing it. Uh, next one, wearing of headphones or earbuds is not allowed except for prescribed hearing aids. Now, what this is getting at is coaching. They're worried that if someone is wearing uh, headphones or especially earbuds, that someone you know is watching the match, giving them coaching, and it's kind of a, you know, a sneaky way to get that in there. So I understand why they're doing this. I have never worn headphones or earbuds while I've been playing pickleball. So I would never do this. It will not affect my play at all. Um, but I understand what they're doing. But let me, folks, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to be honest with you. I have no problem with coaching. I wish they would allow coaching. Because not all coaching is good. <laughs> and as long as both teams have the ability to receive coaching... I would have no problem with it at all. 
Now, that's just my personal opinion. I know some people are of the the more traditional, you know, it's a, it's a sport where you shouldn't receive any coaching. But, you know, I'm, I'm not that way at all. I, I don't mind giving or receiving coaching. Um, but I'll follow the rule. You know, I, I don't, you know, get coaching while I'm playing or give it, you know, um, to break the rules. But I just think it should be allowed to, to give coaching or receive coaching. But in any event... So those of you who were wearing your headphones and earbuds uh, and getting coaching, no more, unless it's a prescribed hearing aid thing. Now, I could see some people maybe cheating on that. Someone who's maybe got some hearing loss, but their hearing is not that bad, may get a, some kind of pres prescription note from a doctor saying they need to wear these things and still just use it for coaching. So there are people that are going to probably get break that rule anyway uh, and get some kind of prescribed you know, hearing aid permission, I guess. But again, doesn't bother me um, either way because I, I don't wear either one. Um, and again, I don't have any problem with coaching. Uh, okay, moving along. Now, this is something um, that uh, <laughs> could have affected me in the past. Hopefully, it won't going forward. Uh, verbal warnings. Now, if you're in a refereed match, uh, ver the, the rule says, or the new rule will say, verbal warnings may be given by a referee for other infractions in addition to profanity. Ah, now I've been known to say a few choice words during matches. N never directed at other people. Always directed at myself, okay? I don't curse at other people, you know, call them names. I'll, I'll call myself a name or say something I shouldn't say. But referees have always been able to uh, give you an, a penalty or infraction for profanity. But now it says other infractions. So maybe if you lashed out and screamed at so someone but you didn't use profanity... You know, I guess you could be, um, you receive some kind of infraction from the referee for that. So they're basically trying to get matches under control here. I see why they're doing this. Uh, I don't have a problem with this at all because I've been involved in some matches where people should have probably gotten infractions even though they didn't use profanity because they were just being jerks. Uh, I may have been the jerk a few times and I'll certainly own that. But um, yeah, I, don't, I, I, I do support this rule 100%. Okay, uh, next one here is uh, player questions about the score, correct server receiver, correct position, are combined into one rule, allowing any player to ask any of these questions. Uh, so basically, if you're in a match where you've got a referee uh, and you're not sure about the score, the, who's the correct server, am I in the correct position, there, evidently there were other, there were multiple rules that covered those separate situations. Well, now they've sort of combined it into one. That seems to make sense to me, okay? Now, some things that they rejected, okay? So these were things they looked at but did not approve. Uh, they are not going to reinstate let serve. So the, the, the rule that came into play this past year where the ball hits the net, uh, you play the, let, the serve out, you don't call a let, you know, and stop and reserve. So let serves will, uh, or sorry, you will play let serves um, going forward. So they, they looked at maybe changing that, but they did not. Now, and I, I'm, I'm, I, I support that 100%. Yes, I, I am glad they changed the rule last year. Now, next thing, uh, they're not going to return to the old 0-0 start at the beginning of a match. I wish they would. Um, I know people say, well, beginners shouldn't have any problem with it. Well, I teach a lot of beginners, and it is a problem initially. It's, it's a little bit of a hurdle. I don't see anything wrong with saying 0-0 zero, zero start. I just think it's a non-issue. Um, but according to the rules, in a tournament, 
the referee will always say 002, and that's fine. And if you're not, if you're in a tournament, but it's not refereed, you should say 00, I'm sorry, yeah, 002 and not 00 start. But in rec play, I know people who are going to keep saying 00 start, and that's fine. But again, I, I, I wish they had gone back to the official 00 start, but that's just me again. Uh, if, now, a couple of these things I didn't know they were even looking at. Like, for example, um, they were looking at a smaller court size for singles. Now, I did not realize that. Uh, of course, obviously, tennis has a smaller court size for singles, but pickleball will not have that. So, there you go. And I do play a, a decent amount of singles, and as I'm getting older, it would be nice to have a smaller court to cover, but at the same time, um, I don't want my opponent to have a smaller court, so I'm okay with that not having a smaller court size for singles. Now, evidently, they were also looking at giving two serves per server like tennis. First serve, second serve. Um, I would have been okay with that, but it probably would have slowed the game down a good bit because people would have really, really gone for that first serve and, you know, whatever. I, I, I kind of like the fact that pickleball has only one serve. Um, it's part of, part of the game, so um, it would have been okay to have two serves, but I'm okay with it keeping just one serve. Okay. Now, there are a couple of other um, things here. Like, for example, some of you may remember there was a pro match where after a timeout, one of the players returned to the court in time, but the other court did not get back in time. So the player who got back to the court in time, it was that person's serve. I think it was a female singles match. The, the, the girl who, got, who was about to serve had the ball, and the referee started, you know, called the score and began the 10-second count. Well, the other player wasn't even on the court yet. So this player, I don't remember her name, served to an empty court and got a point out of that because the other player had not yet returned to the court, so it was past time to return. So the referee said, we're going to go ahead and play, even though the other player is not here. Well, evidently, that is not going to be the case anymore. It says here, I'm reading the post, it says, time in procedures, and in parentheses, no more serving to an empty court. So whatever time-in procedures that referees will now use, they will not allow that situation to happen again where one player is serving to essentially an empty court because the other player has not gotten back yet. Now, I know it looks bad to have that happen, but the player who serves, who, who, the player who's following the rules and got back to the court in time, to me, it's on the player who didn't get back in time. So maybe you penalize the player. I know it's a bad look to serve into an empty court. So I get the optics are bad on that. But I just think if one player's back when they're supposed to be and the other player is not back in time, that other player should have some kind of penalty. Okay, that's just a personal opinion because we all need to be at the court after a timeout or after a game's over in time for, for us all to resume the game in, time, in a timely manner. So there you go. So all of this, um, all these rule changes here. Now, there was another verbal warning to each team for anything. Um, that kind of goes along with the one that I said earlier about verbal warnings for things other than profanity. So, again, if a team is being, you know, a jerk to the other team without profanity, I guess they could get a verbal warning, which is a good thing. Um, so also I'll read you the last part of this. It says here, the Rules Committee is working on a draft of the official rulebook and change document that explains each of the changes and the reasoning behind them. These should be available on or before December 1st. So we will get more information about these rule changes with more 
uh, specific technical verbiage, I guess, um, with these rules. So if you haven't seen this post, um, it's on a lot of the different Facebook group posts you can see out there. Um, the one I particularly look at a lot is um, I'm a member of the um, referee. It's called uh, is it Ask a Referee. Ask the Referees Facebook group, I think it is, is the group I'm a member of. Um, so anyway, uh, anybody can go look at that group. It's, it's a really good group to help learn things about the rules and questions. And I am technically a referee in training, meaning I've done the online tests that you have to do, uh, the preliminary tests, and I did an on, I attended a, an online Zoom training. I've not done any of my on-court um, training preparation. I hope to do that probably sometime in 2022. And ultimately become a certified referee, but I'm not. In, I'm not there yet. I'm still a referee in training is my official status. But I do like learning about the rules and everything. So I encourage you guys um, to take a look at this um, at the rule changes for yourselves and decide. You know, you know. Obviously, we'll all have our own opinions about these rule changes, but I appreciate the USA Pickleball Rules Committees for taking the time. You know, take, they take suggestions. They have a lot of debate. There are several several steps in the process for this, and um, you may remember I had Shay Underwood on my podcast recently. Shay does a great job explaining the processes um, or processes, whichever it is, um, on his YouTube channel. So if you haven't checked out Shay's YouTube channel, uh, look up Shay Underwood on YouTube, and you can watch. It's only about a five minute video where he explains all the different committees that are involved with the rules, and so it's very very well done. Um, well, folks, um, that's all I'm going to be able to talk about tonight. Um, I appreciate your listening as always. Um, I am still looking for uh, other guests to join me. So if you or anyone you know might want to be a guest on the podcast, just uh, please shoot me a message sometime. And I hope to talk to you guys soon. Take care. Bye-bye for now.